Welcome back to another conference preview with the Transfer Portal CFP presented by No Contact CFP. Dan and I are here to talk about the real conference. One of the conferences that really helps college football be college football. We're not talking about the SEC. That's too mainstream. That's too boring. The Pac-12 is about to get nuked. Who cares? It's all about having fun in the fun belt. The sun belt is where it's at, and this conference is sick this year, Dan. Let me tell you, this conference is going to be absolutely electric. I agree. I can't wait to hear uh, about the new entries to the league and how they're going to keep us entertained all all fall. I, I, I don't know, man. I'm just stoked for this season. I cannot wait. I hope that y'all listening to this really – Really enjoy our Sunbelt coverage here today. And if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe. Please consider that. It'll help us go a long way. But without further ado, let's get into some top storylines. Look, they had two preseason top 25 teams last year. That was a huge deal. They might have another one or two this year. Not sure yet. I'm not a big preseason poll guy, but, you know, what can you do? I think uh, one thing, though, ULL, Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, whatever you want to call the Raging Cajuns, they are a force to be reckoned with, and they did take down App State in the conference title game last year, 24-16. The Sun Belt went 3-1 in bowl season last year. Another huge deal. Coastal beat Northern Illinois in the controversial thriller that was weird. ULL throttled new Sunbelt uh, program, Marshall. Georgia State dominated Ball State. And um, poor App State had to go up against their historic record-breaking duo in Bailey Zappi and Jarrett Stearns. Uh, poor That's tough. App, yeah, that Boca Raton Bowl was never really close, was it? No. The Sun Belt also was able to get six players drafted in the 2022 draft. Hopefully, they could eclipse that number this year. I think there's a lot of strong talent in this league, as you might know as well. Yeah, couple good defensive backs, I think. For sure, for sure, including guys at South Alabama and Georgia Southern, not just the big Sun Belt programs. Entering this 2022 season, obviously, allude to Marshall joining. You've got Old Dominion, Southern Miss, and FCS powerhouse James Madison joining the conference as well. That will make the Sun Belt even tougher, but also the Fun Belt gets a lot more funner. Yeah, the realignment is a big deal. Uh, <clears throat> other leagues like the uh, like Conference USA kind of got poached a little bit here by the Sun Belt. Uh, took a couple programs from them, uh, Marshall and Southern Miss. Uh, Sunbelt went from 10 teams to 14, moved Troy over to the West. Uh, so instead of two five-team divisions, we got two seven-team divisions. And then the newcomers, James Madison, uh, the FCS powerhouse, like you mentioned, and uh, Marshall joining in the East to make a really, really competitive division there in the East. Maybe the, the biggest mismatch of divisions that we have in the sport this year. It's not even close. It's, not. it's crazy. And, you know, love James Madison being here. Can't wait to see their upward trajectory in the coming years. Feel bad for them, though. They can't play for the 2022 Conference Championship. They can't play for a bowl game 
you know, transition I, rules are garbage. Was I, I thought they could play for the conference championship, but they not cannot. for a bowl. They um, can't. A new bowl. As far as I'm aware, they cannot play for either. And that transition period rule is absolutely garbage. Not to like completely rant, I'll keep this short. If you're a transition school and you're good enough to go out there and compete at a high level in the first year, why would the NCAA and the conferences be like, no, you can't do this. You can't you can't be they, rewarded for being good when you shouldn't be this good. Like what? Yeah. I, I think they just don't want teams bouncing around up and down. You gotta have some uh long term stability in mind. I guess, but it is good for the sport. What's not always good for a sport is coaching turnover. There's a bit of that as well here in the Sun Belt. Chad Lunsford was out at Georgia Southern. Clay Helton is in. Troy parted ways with Chip Lindsey. John Summerall is the new HC. And Billy Napier, most notably, took the job down in Gainesville, where he'll be a Florida Gator. And ULL replaced him with an in-house hire, Michael Desormo is the new ball. Is the new head ball coach there? Billy um, Napier took some of his best players down there too. He did Montreal Johnson most notably headed to that you know deep running back room at Florida? A couple transfer portal quarterbacks to gloss over. Former Buffalo quarterback of five years, Kyle Van Trace, will be QB one at Georgia Southern, Utah State, and Texas Tech legend. Henry Columbi, he's going to be the starting quarterback at uh, Marshall. Carter Bradley, who played at Toledo, is going to compete for the starting job at South Alabama with Desmond Trotter. I think Trotter will win that job, though. And then former Arkansas State quarterback Lane Hatcher stays in conference. He'll be at Texas State in San Marcos. Okay. Who's a, who's a breakout player that you're looking for in this fun belt 2022 season? Uh, I got a couple of them. Um, I like it. Southern Miss, uh, you know, that QB situation was a disaster last year with, uh, you know, in Conference USA. Uh, if you remember, you know, the starter got hurt. Uh, the backup was a freshman, Ty Keys. He came in. Uh, he's, he's a true freshman playing for the first time. Um, but he got hurt as well. Uh, by the end, you had a full-on Wildcat situation. Frank Gore uh, leading, the league, leading the team last couple of weeks in passing attempts. Uh, I think Ty Keys is going to step up and be a breakout quarterback uh, for Southern Miss. I think you're going to have a little Southern Miss renaissance here in the Sun Belt West. That's a prediction. I have. That's a sturdy defense. But Ty Keys uh, distributing the ball to Jason Brownlee, Frank Gore backing him up. Uh, that's that's one of my my picks. Uh, my other would be Jalen uh, Tolbert is off to the NFL from the uh, from South Alabama from the Jaguars. He was a stud. Went to the Cowboys. I think they're going to be able to replace him with another Jalen. That's Jalen Wayne. And he's in line for a big year uh, at USA. I am definitely looking forward to Jalen Wayne stepping up in Tolbert's a- absence. You know, Jalen to Jalen lineage. For sure. The two guys I went with, I had to go to ULL. I had to go with who I think will be QB1. There's going to be a you know three-man competition at quarterback there, but going to Chandler Fields. I'm going to be very surprised if Fields doesn't win this job. He's, he's going to have really good talent surrounding him, including a dang good offensive line. 
and a dependable run game to lean on. I expect Fields to get acclimated and comfortable early on. They have a you know weaker schedule, truthfully, especially playing in the Sun Belt division that they play in. Uh, I think he could provide a lot of positive play for his offense. And I know well and bad moles with this ULL program have been raving about him in practices for over a year now. Time to see what Fields has got. Um, my other breakout player, you might classify him as a breakout. You might not kind of on the fence. It's Braden Bennett from coastal. I usually wouldn't clarify him as a breakout player, but I am because of what I think he will do this season. I think he's in line for a monster year next to Grayson McCall. Uh, this is someone that rushed for 636 yards and seven touchdowns with 74 carries in 2021, uh, but he's still severely underrated and he is a monster in the rushing game as well as the receiving game. Superb receiver that a lot of people should get acclimated with. Braden Bennett is one to watch. I would buy stock immediately after you listen to this. There's some uh, dump-off targets to replace with likely gone. Uh, Definitely. Definitely. Security blanket for McCall might be be needed. mm -hmm. And Shamari Jones also out of coastal as well how about some of the best players in this conference fun belt phenoms is what we'll call this who are some some of the uh upper echelon guys you're looking at this season uh you go ahead and take that one first okay okay so i'm going with grace mccall at coastal i'll talk more about him later um i have a lot of good things to say about him we also had Dan Orlowski of ESPN, you know, former Lion, on with us a, a month ago, and he pointed to McCall as someone that could really rise with his NFL draft stock. I'm a true believer in that. Talk about McCall more later, though. Chris Thornton, wide receiver at James Madison. I think he's going to be the best player on this offense, and as opposed to one of their you know, talented running backs, that guy, one-two punch. But Chris Thorne is a dynamic receiver, absolutely electric. I believe he's five foot eight, but lightning and bottle. Can't wait to watch this kid play in the FBS. About time, JMU. Thank you for getting to the FBS. And then I'll go with Derek Canteen, cornerback at Georgia Southern. The guy I viewed as a top five corner in the country going into last season, unfortunately. Second game of the year goes down with season-ending injury. Talk more about him later, too. Guy is a stud. NFL ran all over him. And, yeah, those those are three fun belt films I went, went with. One of them, Chris Thornton, not someone I've talked too much about. You know, sorry to Cam Peoples maybe for leaving him off here, but showed Cam a lot of love and will continue to do that, especially in this show. That's right. Um, I like uh, at on the defensive line for Louisiana, we got Zion Hill. Uh, he's been a stud there for a couple of years. Uh, all-conference pick. Uh, I really like Frank Gore, uh, Jr., running back there at uh, Southern Miss. I uh, was getting all those uh, rushing and passing attempts in the Wildcat in the back, uh, back out of stretch senior leader. Going uh, to be a stud for that team. And uh, Colton Marshall, linebacker there at, at Troy. I feel like he's been there for half a decade now. Uh, just a, a run-stopping machine. Uh, kind of undersized, but a physical player. And uh, Troy might have the best defense in the league, I think. And he is a big reason for that. It's a big time take there on Troy. Let's move on to this topic. Do you think any Sunbelt team could be the power five team in non-conference play? Oh yeah. I think many could. Well, not many, but a couple could. <laughs> and I, I think Georgia state might do it twice 
Georgia State's going to have two opportunities. Um, they go up against uh, UNC and South Carolina. Um, their Georgia State has something like ten super seniors on their roster. It's they just a are bunch loaded of old with experience. Yeah, uh, three-year bowl streak there. Um, you know, last year was one of the best years in the short program's history. Um, they have, you know, North Carolina. There's a lot of questions there about. Uh, you know, good recruiting, but maybe some of the strength and, and uh, conditioning there, maybe some, they're not a very tough bunch. South Carolina, a lot of good guys on the, on the edge, but still some questions there in the trenches. And you're looking at a bunch of 24-year-old veteran dudes getting off the bus. Salty guys that have been playing with each other for five years. Uh, that's not a good look. So I think one or two of those will be a win for the Sun Belt. I love hearing you give Georgia State some high praise I'm also saying, yes, I'm sticking with Georgia State, but also App State. I'll just focus on this one team that they're facing that you mentioned, UNC. I think Georgia State or App State will beat UNC. Both teams get the Tar Heels coming to their place pretty crazy. With App State, I mean, Cam Peoples and Nate Noel are one of the premier running back duos in the country. They are going to run all over UNC's defense, as you alluded to. Kind of, they're kind of soft. Like, they just strive bar kind of soft. App State also took down UNC a few years ago. You know, you know, took down Michigan. If you didn't know, these guys are giant slayers. Like, this is what they do. Really good offensive line, too. Life is going to be difficult for that Tar Heels defense in the matchup against App State. And then with Georgia State, like you said, experience, experience, experience. I mean, you look anywhere on their depth chart, you see RSSR, redshirt senior. <laughs> like, it's everywhere. And I really like Darren Granger, an immensely underrated quarter, quarterback in this Sun Belt Conference. A win for him would be not only a huge moment in his career, but it's a crazy strong statement win for a Georgia State team that might not begin much respect going into this year, and they've got a lot to prove. So love that we're able to give the Georgia State Panthers love, love here. They are truly Atlanta's team. Don't don't forget about uh, Coastal uh, going to Charlottesville too. Uh, Near the end of the year, it's in. It's in. Uh, it is. November, the, I think it is. I believe Thanksgiving weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. No, it's Arm not. Div- it's not Thanksgiving weekend. Because that's usually the Virginia. Yeah, I'm so bad with dates. It's around there, though. I think late okay. November. If, if Armstrong, dates. if Brennan Armstrong and Grace McCall are both healthy, that is an awesome shootout. That is it awesome. It will be. That's a huge game for Grace and McCall maybe sway some Heisman voters his way Ooh. if he if he torches UVA. I'm just saying, how about, though, some of the top in-conference games to look at? We'll each give you all three. I'll, let's start with you, Dan. What's your first one? Uh, James Madison at Appalachian State. That's week four. Uh, James Madison is trying to copy that blueprint of a, a dominant FCS program coming into FBS and uh, competing right away. Uh, can they do it? This will be a great early test to see what the, the level of competition is like for them. Uh, it would be a little disappointing to see them get run off the field, but app is a, is a great program. They're sturdy. Uh, the guy returning guys on both sides of the ball. So uh, it's a, a great test, uh, a little bit of a regional potential region rivalry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, coastal Carolina visiting Marshall. 
that'll be an interesting test for the East Division. I think Marshall uh, coming in from Conference USA can compete right away for the East Division Championship. I'm not sure Jamie can, but I really believe Marshall can. Uh, they got a great running back, uh, Rahina Lee. They're going to be great. Um, and uh, Coastal Carolina at App State, that's, that's for the division, basically. And that, that, I think, determines a lot about Sunbelt Award winners. Uh, if anybody's crashing a big-name bowl, uh, it'll be decided that night. Really good calls from you. I, I go pretty similar there. My first game is that September 24th matchup between James Masson and App State. Look, JMU, they have to look up to App State whether they want to or not. This is a program that they could take a lot of positive things away from and, you know, try and replicate as they try and build a really good Sunbelt FBS program. So it's going to be really cool to see these teams play. Um, this is the first time that they're going to play against each other since 2008. James Madison won that 35-32. App State leads this series historically 12-4, to but the games are often really close. I think we might be able to throw away the fact that JMU is a transition first-year FBS program and see another close game and what will be a rivalry eventually. Like, they're going to be rivals. There's no, yeah. no doubt about that. And this road trip, you know, early in the year, again, September 24th, it's going to tell us a lot about Kurt Signe's squad and how they're going to fare in their inaugural FBS season. You got to look out for the running back play in this game as well. Both teams love to pound the rock. Uh, Percy, Ajay, Obese, and Latrell Palmer for JMU are the, the guys to look for at running back. I know Percy gets a lot of love over on Twitter definitely deserves it and then with App State again Cam Peoples Nate Noel it's not fair this is a running back duo that even Alabama would love to have on their team like they're they're, they're the best in the country they really are up there top three minimum um yeah I mean I just I'm just really hyped for that matchup can't wait for that rivalry to start uh you know getting going um second second one I went with was Marshall hosting ULL. I had to go with this one because it's the one tough game, it seems, for ULL in conference play. This is October 12th on a Wednesday. It's not going to be easy. It's Marshall's first home game in the Sun Belt. It's going to be a blackout game as well. And again, on a Wednesday night, let's go, (laughs) man. This is football at its finest. Um, Look, ULL again, they beat Marshall last year shred them in the bowl game, the New Orleans Bowl, I believe. That's on Marshall's mind. Like, they're getting a chance for Sunbelt home game, blackout on a Wednesday night to go and get some revenge on ULL, who might only see one loss in conference play this year. If you're the guys at Marshall and you're able to do it, that's something to be really proud of. Guys to look for in this game, Stefan Gilmore's little brother, Stephen Gilmore's been building his NFL stock, very low key at cornerback. Look out for him. I have my doubts about Marshall quarterback though, Henry Columbia. I have, if you know me, I've known to be not a big fan of his in the last few years. We'll see how he does. You know, I, I That'd be an interesting uh, transition for sure. Losing it, Wells. It definitely is. Yeah. And, and I do think head coach Charles Huff, will get the most out of this team and Columbia in particular. Super confident in him. 
The game's going to be super hard to win for you all, though, man. Like, I just – I cannot wait to see this game. And look out for Grinding Back Chris Smith, who I'll talk about a little bit oh, yeah. later. And, uh, yeah, App State Coastal, November 3rd, Thursday. How do you not watch this game? Well, maybe it's because the Eagles and the Texans play Thursday night football at night. Come on, what? World okay. Series Game 4? You're choosing that over App State Coastal? You're out of your gourd, as Colin Coward would say. This is a matchup of two absolute powerhouses in the Sun Belt. Coastal has obviously come up and started their rise. App State leads this series 7-1. to Coastal Beam in 2020 admits their dream season, but these last two, three games have been really close. It's just this, it's a really cool rivalry that's full of a lot of hatred, but also jealousy and respect. It's super cool that both teams have incredible home venues that they play at. I mean, all eyes, too, are going to be on Grayson McCall in this one. Is he a legit NFL prospect? He's going to have so much to prove in this game against the stout App State defense. I haven't even got – I mean, how long are we into this? I haven't even mentioned the name jo- Josiah Stort yet. Defensive lineman on, on Coastal. 13 sacks and a true freshman, freshman last season year. Yeah. last year. Same high school as Isaiah Likely, that Everett, Massachusetts <laughs> pipeline at Coastal. Who would have ever thought? Oh, man, I can't wait for this game. There's just so much to get hyped for. Um, I'll kind of hold my excitement till – that Thursday night in early November, but game is going to be absolutely electric. Yeah. We'll go on to our, um, you know, Sunbelt Tears thing here too, and I'll let you take it away. Okay, so we're going to preview each team. Uh, We've divided the league into four tiers. Uh, We're going to start with the bottom tier, uh, work our way to the top, to the the three uh, true contenders that we have. So, um, let's go ahead and get started with uh, the bottom tier. Uh, Arkansas State, Southern Miss, uh, Texas State, and uh, Louisiana Monroe. Uh, sorry, Terry Bowden. Let's start with this team. Uh, this team won uh, four games last year, surprisingly. Uh, a shocking upset of Liberty. But uh, to be honest, this is still probably one of the worst programs in FBS. Uh, <clears throat> offensive coordinator Rich Rodriguez, if you've ever heard of him, uh, and his son, uh, Rhett, uh, was a the quarterback. They're both gone. <clears throat> they are uh, at, like out of that program, and I don't. I just don't know what it, there is there. Um, their schedule. Oh my God! They have Texas. They have Alabama and Army. Uh, there are other peers in this division that are doing interesting things, like portaling hard, um, stepping up their high school recruiting, uh, maybe developing some interesting talent. But I'm not sure what's going on in this program. What the vision is here? Are they even going to win two games? I'll tell you what two games they're not winning, though, like you mentioned. They're not winning at Texas, and they're not winning at Alabama in early September. Chandler Rogers, though, dynamic dual-threat quarterback, is back for you alone. Maybe he has another fun year in store. And then the world-famous all-name team receiver, Boogie Knight, right. is back as a member of the squad yet again. He was their leading receiver last year. Maybe he gives reason to watch and pay attention to ULM, but – Things are bleak there. Yeah. Sorry, you right. alum fans. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, we have Southern Miss. Uh, last season's uh, quarterback chaos. Hopefully, he's going to be behind <laughs> them. Uh, this could be an interesting little team. They have a competent defense. If they can get halfway decent quarterback play, uh, you have uh, Frank Gore Jr., 
in the backfield. You have Jason Brownlee on the outside. Those guys are studs. Uh, last year you had two uh, just really insane things that I don't think are repeatable. That's that that crazy quarterback room. Uh, and the other would be they gave up 11, 11 return touchdowns last year. That's one a week. Uh, it's a couple uh, by special teams, a couple of giveaways on offense. That's not, that's not repeatable. So you bring that down to a, a normal number, you get some competent quarterback play. Uh, they can compete a little bit in their first year in the Sun Belt, right? Or am I being too optimistic? I don't know. I'll, I'll wait and see with them. I, I am really excited, though, for Jason Brownlee at receiver, six foot three wide out. I think he's a guy that could be a coveted transfer portal prospect following this season. Kind of surprised they didn't hit the portal and find a new home this last offseason, but what can you do? He also played at East Mississippi CC, and I think you all know why that school's world famous now. Last chance, you fans stand up. I mean, yeah, like 2021 was just super strange for them. And I'm not expecting so many non-QBs to take QB reps this year. Obviously, the infamous Frank Gore Jr. threw four touchdowns on 16 passes last year. That's another thing that you cannot replicate. Uh, but but Gore, Gore is a focal point of this program. Like, he is the guy. He's why people will watch Southern Miss, that aren't Southern Miss fans. Like, he's the reason why people will tune in. And I hope to see that he continues his success this season. But I don't know, man. They play Liberty, and then they play at Miami to open the season. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Then you, then you have a late-season stretch that features ULL, Georgia State, and then at Coastal. That's scary. Mm-hmm. That doesn't give a lot of reason for me to be positive. All right, fair enough. I'm, I'm kind of digging him, though, as a, a personal pick. Uh, going over to Texas State, head coach, uh, Jake Spavadol, I think his seat is, is getting pretty toasty there uh, a couple years in. And last year he went with the experiment, signed zero high school recruits, all oops, all transfers, you know, uh, this year only took two uh, high school recruits. But the problem is it's just kind of uh, ho-hum guys in and, and ho-hum guys out. It's just a lot of just treading water. Um, it's possible they have a decent O-line this year with four uh, returners starting, but uh, if you're Jake Spavadol, are you hanging your hat on that? Are you hanging your job security on that? Um, I think that I think they're outclassed in this league again, especially as the league continues to grow and get tougher. Yeah, and like I like Jake Spavadol. I, I really want to see the young head ball coach succeed, but you gotta get things going here at Texas State quickly. Like you're in the inferior division in the Sun Belt Conference by far. You gotta figure it out and at least get consistently to be in the top of that division, you know, compete for bowl eligibility and stuff. And they've had fun offenses in years past. You got to figure out stuff on defense. They've had fun receivers. Marcel Barbie is going to be the top target at Texas state this year. Once again, he scored 10 touchdowns back in 2020, just five last year. I'd look for, for Texas state to get him the ball over and over and over again this year, maybe get back closer to that double digit touchdown mark. But I do like what we're going to see at quarterback, Lane Hatcher. He was really fun to watch at Arkansas State while when he was splitting reps at quarterback. You know, they did that little two-quarterback thing a few years ago. Whatever. Um, he played at a high level, though, in 2019 and 2020 before he regressed in 2021. How is Spavadol going to work with him, retool him, get him back to that successful level of play? I'm excited to see that. They do have – you know, some tough games. They'll open the year 
at Nevada, which Nevada's reeling too, so like whatever. Yeah. But I, it's still going to be like a tough game to win for them. And then at Baylor a few weeks later. And then they do get App State and ULL at home. So like, cool, I guess. But what are you going to do with those games? Like, you're going to yeah. win, win them? It's not happening. No. Uh, and then the last team in this tier, kind of a surprising entry uh, for this team, for this program, for what they think, what they have been in the past. That's Arkansas State. Uh, this program was uh, pumping out Power 5 coaches, was one of the darlings of the Sun Belt, and then this has absolutely cratered in the last two years. Uh, Butch Jones, uh, he's looking to turn this program around after they, that fall from grace last year. Uh, kind of kicked up the, the recruiting and uh, definitely hit the portal hard. So uh, could be an interesting team. Uh, like you mentioned, um, with uh, Lane Hatcher gone, they got uh, James Blackman, the former Florida State quarterback, uh, is in town. If you remember him, one of the skinniest quarterbacks I've ever seen at the position. Uh, really uh, scared for that guy running around behind those uh, those uh, uh, not very talented Florida State lines. I was trying to be um, be nice, uh, <laughs> be political with a, a good, a nice program there, but that was not a, a very talented lines that he was stuck behind. Um, so, I don't know. They've kicked the recruiting up a little bit. Uh, they hit the portal hard. Uh, do you think they can make a bowl game there? Or is this a deeper turnaround uh, build than it than, uh, might have been first seen? I don't know. I mean, they, they do host Grambling State. Grambling, Grambling State, whatever you want to call them. I, I've always called them Grambling State. Whatever, sorry. Quick rant. Whatever, sorry. They did play three straight road games, though, against Ohio State, Memphis, and Old Dominion. Um, yeah, not good. They have a lot of unknowns on this team, obviously. Fan favorite, fan favorite. James Blackman is back at quarterback yet again. A receiver looking at Tavellius Hunt, formerly of TCU, and then Jeff Foreman, this guy's to watch. I think one of the most fun guys in the conference, though, is Sammy Johnson. He led the way of three interceptions in 2021. Two of those came after he was stretched off the field against Coastal. Had to go to the hospital. Scary scene there. He was able to bounce back at two interceptions after that. One was a game-sealing interception against ULM. He's a former running back that has five interceptions in the last two seasons. He should be a fan favorite amongst Sunbelt fans and college football fans that, you know, maybe don't know his story. Read into it. Sammy Johnson's one heck of a player, and I'm thrilled to see him just balling out. Like, can't wait to see what he does last year. Uh, next, see what he does this year. So that rounds up the, the bottom tier. Uh, one thing all of those teams have in common, they're all in the West. Uh, so it's definitely a, a mismatched league this year. Uh, tier three, some interesting teams uh, could compete, could make a leap uh, and challenge some teams. Uh, let's start with uh, Georgia Southern. Uh, new coach Clay Helton in. Uh, decades of option football tradition uh, scrapped. Uh, I, I don't know. I just hopefully this works better than it did for their in-state uh, fellow team that also scrapped the option recently. But uh, hopefully that transition can go a little better than them. Uh, this is a proud program. Uh, they've won for a number of decades, but hopefully they're not going to be down long. Uh, what are you What are you uh, looking for as you watch this rebuild? I hope they're not down long because I, I like ruin for Georgia Southern. They're really fun. Love. The classic uniforms they've got, and I'm devastated to see that that beloved triple is going away. 
hate to see it. Massive changes are coming to, to Statesboro with Clay Helton at the helm now. Again, Buffalo transfer Kyle Van Trees. He could end up being a fun watch at quarterback. The running back tandem between Gerald Green and Jalen White, they could provide sparks for this offense. They'll be leaned on heavily for a team that has receivers that came there to, you know, triple option, like lean on the run game a lot this year, you would think still. Um, how about punter love? Anthony Beck, the second stellar punter, would not be would not be one bit surprised if he's punting bombs in the NFL one day. And then, as I talked about, it was a fun belt phenom. Derek Canteen, supremely good corner. NFL is written all over him. 2021 season, uh, again, was ruined for him to his early season dang injury, but he was a baller in 2020 in that pandemic season. He rivaled just Sauce Gardner for the lowest passer rating allowed when targeted. Sauce led the country with a 29.3 rating. Canteen was right there with him at 31.7 for second lowest in the nation. Quarterbacks, no, you don't throw guys like that or, or you're making a, a big mistake. Canteen snagged six interceptions and had 16 pass breakups in the 2020 season. He's a technician with his fluidity, footwork, and fundamentals, radiating IQ, great physical tools. He's the brightest spot on this team that, you know, things are looking kind of bleak there. Dim light, Canteen, you have to watch Georgia Southern for him at some point this season. And somehow they got – they're going to play at ULL and then they're going to host Marshall in App State to close the season. That's their final three games of the season. At ULL, Marshall, App State. Awful draw. Awful draw. Yeah, that's tough. You channeled uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. there for a little bit. Uh, a little nice little stretch with the uh, – what was it? Footwork, fluidity, and fundamentals? Yeah, footwork, fluidity, fundamentals. Beautiful. Uh, that's just poetry right there. That's football poetry. Uh, all right, also in this uh, um, this tier, we have Old Dominion. Uh, the Monarchs had a 2020 due to COVID. Uh, last year, they started the season one and six. It turned it around. They were a member of Conference USA last year. It turned it around and made a bowl game, finished six and six. Uh, to be fair, they did some of that turnaround against the soft underbelly of the Conference USA. Uh, they did not have to play uh, meet meet the Roadrunners of UTSA, meet, meet. and yeah. they got uh, wiped out by Marshall and Western Kentucky when they did play. Uh, but this is a program uh, that is on the rise. They have great fan support. I think they I, I read a thing that said they were <laughs> eclipsing uh, 10,000 season tickets, which is uh, great support for a program in this level. Uh, and it'd be uh, fantastic to have them competing uh, with some of these local peers like App State, JMU. Uh, Marshall instead of, you know, flying off to UTEP or FAU or whatever, things like that. So uh, are they going to be able to walk into this league and compete or are they, they're a few years away? What do you think? I think they are going to be a few years away, but I'm thrilled that they're here. I'm thrilled that JMU is here with them too. Sets up a nice little rivalry there that they've already got going. I'm thrilled that they're here, man. And, and like the Sun Belt just has so many programs right now that I want to see thrive. There are so many cool programs with ODU, amazing uniform set, obviously, incredible atmosphere at their home games, a beautiful venue that they've got at Old Dominion. Let's not forget when they beat Virginia Tech a few years ago, which, hey, 
you've got Virginia Tech on the schedule this year as well as UVA. It's going to be tough, but they've played both schools tough in the few meetings that they've played each other. Again, that monumental upset in 2018 when Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech had college football fans in a state of shock that that environment at that game was so insane for that CBS Sports Network game. I I loved every second of it. Um, Guys to look for, Penn State transfer, Zach Kuntz, absolute behemoth at tight end. He's a monster talent. Obviously have to use those adjectives because he's six foot eight. He's an NFL prospect that you need to look for. And I also like receiving threat, former West Virginia Mountaineer, Ollie Jennings. He's a superb receiver who had a stellar season last year. Look for him as well. At quarterback, you're going to see Hayden Wolf, six foot five quarterback. How has he developed going into this season? He showed a lot of bright spots, in my opinion, in two years, but you got to take care of the Walmart. You have two outstanding Sunbelt receiving talents in Zach Kuntz and Ali Jenks. Go do work with them. Go play well. Old Dominion, maybe they steal a few games that people don't expect. I want to see them play well, though. I really do want to see them play at a high level. Yeah. Just a, another element of the fun belt. Um, all right, we have in this, uh, in this tier, we have South Alabama. I kind of like uh, these guys. I kind of like the Jaguars as a sleeper, right? Major Applewhite is the offensive coordinator here. Uh, they do have to replace Jalen Tolbert, who's one of the best players in the conference. Uh, we mentioned him. He's a stud. He's off to the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but they're good pieces here. Uh, on defense, they're, they're kind of underrated. It's a, a salty unit. Um, but they got a, a really, really good secondary for this league. Um, and the biggest thing for me as I try to get bowl eligible is the schedule is really manageable. They don't have... Uh, to play either App State or Coastal from the East. And then the uh, non-con is manageable as well. I think this is a team that could make a bowl. Yeah, I mean, they avoid not only the two. They avoid App State. They avoid Marshall. They avoid Georgia State. They avoid James Madison. That's massive. Like, there's plenty of winnable games available in conference play for them. They can overachieve expectations if they – take advantage of the weak division that they play in. I definitely like your call on them to, you know, rise above expectations. You speak to Jalen Tolbert. Look, it's important to know that you can't replace a guy like that. You just can't replace Jalen Tolbert. You need multiple guys to step up and impact the game positively. Nobody's going to go out there and play at Jalen Tolbert's level. It's just not going to happen. Tolbert was an absolute stud for them. But as you've mentioned before, Jalen Wayne, all eyes will be on that Jalen this year. I'm also looking for speedster J1 Townsend to become a playmaker. And then you spoke to their secondary. Actually, wait, let me talk about running back first. LaDamian Webb, Florida State transfer, formerly uh, went to Jones College for Juco. He played well for the Seminoles in his short stint there. He projects to be the RB1. I'm excited to see that dynamic threat running back play. And, yes, now the secondary that you spoke up, Daryl Luter Jr. is probably very well the best player on this roster. He's he's going to have NFL on uh, NFL eyes on him. He's a community college, Juca Prague, whatever you want to call it, had four interceptions last season. Okay. Uh, rounding out this tier of sleepers. I'll be honest. I think this, this team should be a step up and that's Troy. I think this team, I think this team is going to put a scare into Louisiana in the West and maybe win uh, the division. 
They have uh, the best defense coming back in the league. Uh, this defense was power ranked um, 66 in Bill Connolly's SP plus numbers last year. Uh, these are teams that usually live uh, in the 70s and 80s, or if you're ULM down in the you know 110s, 120s. Sorry, sorry ULM. Uh, but th- this was a, a team that their defense was a step above other units in the league. Uh, All American linebacker Colton Marshall. We talked about him at the top. The pass rush here is the best in the league. Uh, you have a, a stud tackle, uh, Austin Sidham might be the best pro prospect in this entire conference. Uh, I think they're going to make a run at the at the um, the conference title game in the easy new Western Conference. Their new digs in the Western Division. You spoke to the pass rush, Javon Solomon. He broke out in 2021 with 11 sacks. I'm excited to see how he builds off that. I expect him to count double-digit sacks again. I think he can do that. Look at the offense. Gunnar Watson looks to take that next step at quarterback. He had a 16-7 touchdown interception ratio in 2020. Dropped to 8-4 last year. Attempted 80 less passes. Let's get back to what you did in 2020. Let's throw more touchdowns, less interceptions. Uh, I expect Eric Shaw, the South Carolina transfer, to be a big player for them. And then Ray J. Johnson and Tez Johnson also intrigued me at receiver. The schedule is pretty tough, though. In the first five games, consists of road game, road games versus Ole Miss, App State, and Western Kentucky. That's nothing. That, that's that's not nothing. That's nothing to be excited about. That's tough. And then you've got home games against Alabama A and M. We can sharpie that in as a win. But then Marshall, really tough, brutal first five games, in my opinion. They are a good team. How will they fare against a five-game stretch like that to open your year? And then another tough stretch comes later in the year when they play at South Alabama, at ULL, and then host Army. Some of these teams have really tough schedules grouped up, like, in, in weeks, consecutive weeks. Army, as I was doing my prep, Army pops up on a lot of these schedules. Yes. I don't, I don't know why you would do that to yourself. Uh, a lot. It feels like every team in this conference plays Army twice. <laughs> They're everywhere. Uh, okay, so that rounds out the sleepers tier. Let's move on up to some potential contenders. Um, we have put the James Madison Dukes in here, FCS. Uh, powerhouse for the last couple of decades. Uh, my sister went to James Madison, so I've supported this program from a distance. They're a real fun team to root for. I always root for them against the the Bison of uh, North Dakota State. I, people seem to love the Bison, but those are the Patriots. Don't don't root for those guys. Um, so yeah, I've always enjoyed rooting for them. I'm gonna definitely follow the Dukes as they step up. Uh, they do lose stud wide receiver Antoine Wells, who was an incredibly productive guy for them last year. Transfers up to uh, the SEC. Uh, the Gamecocks, but you know, they have some replacements lined up. A lot of skilled guys in this, in this, in this locker room. Um, so we'll see that app game week three, right there. That, that'll tell us a lot. If the high hopes that we have are maybe too much too soon, just as they build up the program in terms of resources and, and scholarships and uh, you know, things like, um, you know, grad assistants and analysts and all, all those kind of things that can really uh, make or break your, your, as you step up into the new level. Uh, but I think this is another savvy addition for the Sun Belt in terms of going to get uh, passionate fan bases with local intrigue. Uh, what are you What are you looking for this year, year one in in, uh, in the Sun Belt? So Curtis Ignetti enters his fourth year at James Madison. He boasts a thirty three and five record thus far. Pretty good. 
the dude just straight up wins. I think he is going to win his opening year as well. Unfortunately, won't won't do anything for postseason play, but what can you do? My eyes, though, are on Todd Santeo because he's most likely going to start the year as QB1. It's going to be his sixth season of college football. You might know him from his days at Temple, but seems like 100 years ago. You might know him from most recently at Colorado State. He's not someone I'm very high on, a lot like Columbia. Just not high on him, but his experience will help James Madison as they try and replace stud quarterback Colt Johnson. I trust their coaching to help manage things well for Centeno, but he's very risky with the ball. as evidenced by 10 interceptions in 12 games last year. They're going to heavily rely on their run game. Percy Ajay, Obese, Latrell Palmer, the running backs. And now Percy gets plenty of that love on Twitter, as I said earlier, and then I really like the receivers. Terrence Green Jr. is someone to watch for sure. I believe formerly of Monmouth as they look, again, to try and replace Antoine Wells Jr., South Carolina. Chris Thornton, electric, the guy to watch there. He's going to be a playmaker with the ball in his hands if Centeno could get it to him. think you look and try and get him the ball in many ways, chest sweeps, uh, you know, tap passes, whatever it be, get the ball in Thornton's hands. On defense, I'm looking for Marshall transfer Jameer Edwards to ball out. And then, you know, many just don't know what to expect for James Madison this year. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie and say I know how the games are going right. to pan out either, but, like, I'm not sure what to expect either. I, I think they're going to win, though. They're going to win some games that people don't expect them to. But they're going to compete. Surprise a lot of college football fans. Um uh, wins I have for them, Middle Tennessee State, Norfolk State, Texas State, at Arkansas State, at Georgia Southern. And then you have games at App State, first Marshall, at Louisville, at Rival Dominion, first Georgia State, and first Coastal. Much, 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 much tougher than the rest of the schedule. We'll see what they could do. I do believe in them to maybe steal, you know, one or two of those. Probably not at Louisville. You know, who knows though? I think this team that could win six or seven games, in my opinion, that's a, a success wow. in year one. Uh, unfortunately, again, ineligible postseason play. This is all about building your future. Gang fans, gang recruits acclimated with this JMU program going into 2023 and beyond. I'm thrilled to see what they do in 2023. Yeah, it's interesting to see. Uh, you know, you watch them, and that's a quality football team. They're athletic, they're fast, they're fundamentally sound, but mm-hmm. they, that level of competition, it's just really hard to get a gauge of how that will, will come. I know that uh, Bill Connolly's power numbers, mentioned them earlier here, they, um, he has them in like the 110 range, uh, just a, a little pessimistic about how uh, a program, the, what the level up is, is going to go like. So uh, very intriguing. Another intriguing team uh, in that division is Georgia State. You know, we touched on them earlier, and obviously the big three contenders uh, get the headlines. The newcomers here get a lot of chatter, but Georgia State, they really got something cooking here uh, with all these veterans. Uh, You can ignore them at your own peril. Uh, There's a a ton, a ton of starters coming back. Um, uh, They made three straight bowls. They got uh, guys in the trenches they feel good about. Uh, They beat Coastal last year. Uh, They did get wiped out by App State, though. Uh, That was rough. Uh, I think this is a team that could make a run at the division. I think they're going to split one of those App State and Coastal games. I think they're going to put a scare. Uh, I like what they got cooking here. Uh, What do you think? I like Georgia State, too. Here's the quick rundown, and then I'll actually get into it. It's a really, really good team that returns so much stellar and experienced talent. 
the issue, it's a grueling schedule. It is a tough schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll go into the schedule first. Um, they start with a roadie at South Carolina before they host UNC, and then they host UNC Charlotte, kind of ironically, in the weeks after. You know, uh, don't don't sleep on Charlotte. They, they have a really fun offense. Grant DuBose, really dope receiver there. But you start with at South Carolina hosting UNC. We're hopeful that they could pick off one of them. You listed both games as games they could pick up. I think they could they could beat UNC there. Um, then you've got that Thursday night game against Coastal, followed by followed by a road trip to Army. Again, <laughs> Army is everywhere. Um, that's a tough first five games. Like I hate that this team, this team that I'm going that you and I are gonna be so in on this year, so excited to watch, has a schedule like this. It stinks. Uh, you have Georgia, uh, Georgia Southern after that, and then you're at App State on a Wednesday. Then the week part of the schedule comes with Old Dominion at Southern Miss versus ULM, and then you end at JMU at Marshall. It's just an unfortunate circumstance here that the schedule makers in conference play, and then, you know, the AD was like, hey, this way we got for you on non-conference play. You've got two power five programs and and we're going to drop this nuke on you for your conference play schedule. It's, it's yeah. so tough and I'm so mad about it uh, as I'll get into the team here. Um, they could be, they could be so good. Like Darren Granger has played some really good football. Um, he transferred from Furman. His completion rate was lower than desired, but you get excited about 19-4 touchdown interception ratio. You get excited about a guy that runs the ball at a high level. You get inspired by the upset win at Coastal. Like, he gives a lot of reason to believe in him and this team going into 2022. Changed their season once he took over the job midway through. Really did. Season. Really did, and, and and they're stacked with experience, like everywhere. It, it's redshirt upperclassmen. I, I believe it's eight or nine senior starters on offense. The offensive line is four redshirt seniors, I believe, and one redshirt yeah. junior. That's what you love to see. Those are men in the trenches that are going to crush it and pave the way for this offense. A really good one-two punch at running back, a common theme here in the Sun Belt, not just one really good running back. Most of these teams, most of these higher-tier teams, these good teams, have two really good dependable running backs. You're going to see Tucker Gregg at running back, but you're also going to see Jamess Williams, formerly a highly rated recruit, uh, that went to South Carolina to play defensive back. He transferred to Georgia State, still played defensive back, makes a position change. He's at running back. Dynamic, dynamic player, great receiving threat. Love watching JMS Williams play. Look out for him um, at defense. Nine interceptions for my guy, Antavius Lane, in the last two seasons. Really like him at safety. I think he's one of the better players in the conference. Does not get that recognition though um you have Jalen tate redshirt sophomore at safety he's also a good player but guess what aside from him all other defensive starting spots are occupied by redshirt juniors or seniors it's experience everywhere and while i talk about a schedule that is that brutal when you have experience when you have 23 24 year olds they you know they they don't have do they have much school to worry about i don't know 
I don't know. <laughs> they're they're focused on football and only football. It seems like this is a team that I am so hopeful. You know, like you said, challenges for that uh, division, challenges to play in the conference championship game. I'm hopeful that they could win. Like. <laughs> I'm just pessimistic because of the schedule. I want to see them win eight games in a regular season so bad. They have they're so good. When you have that kind of experience, I mean, those guys have seen it all on the football field. They've seen it all off the football field too. Uh, you know, the slow start last year, and then the big winning streak at the end. Uh, three straight bowls, a pandemic season. Uh, this is a this that kind of uh, maturity and leadership built in is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I. It's un- like realistically, when you look at the schedule, it's six or seven wins. That seems realistic. Yeah. And I hate that because as you and I are, are praising them for this team, this roster is incredible. You know, put yeah. them with like, uh, I don't know, who's one of the teams with a bad schedule? Like, uh, South Alabama. South Alabama. Put them with South Alabama right. schedule. Golly, what are they doing with that? Right. 10 wins. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it just stinks to see. You know, the lopsided divisions here, it's whatever. This is a team that might see, you know, the uh, repercussions from it. And right. we'll Think move about on. If, they, if, they, if they split the app and coastal games and split the two Carolina Power Fives, how incredible that would be. But it's still just like, you know, 500 on the. On yeah, the, the, that'd be yeah. massive. It's just yeah. like, oh, it's, it's just 50%. Looks, right. Yeah. It's beating. It's beating half of the. It's being half of your toughest opponents on the schedule. Like, yeah. oh, fifty percent wins by one hundred percent of our hearts. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, maybe this is a team that captures the hearts of America. I don't know. In my opinion, they are Atlanta's team, though. Okay. Um, tell that to Brian, <laughs> our, our resident Georgia fan. Uh, all right. So we're going to move into the contenders here. Uh, three teams that are are the class of the league have already shown that they're the class of the league. Uh, let's start with the two in the East. Uh, let's start with App State. They represented the East in the conference championship last year. Uh, so I think that gives them the slight nod uh, when breaking the tie between them and Coastal is who's the favorite. Uh, they have a really solid defense. Uh, typically, this is a program that's relied on a great rushing attack. Last year, they were airing it out a lot with Chase Bryce, but he loses his top targets. Uh, this is a great running back room, one of the best in the country, not just the Sun Belt. Uh, as you have alluded to already. And uh, I don't know, this team is going to return to that typical app physical run game and uh, bully their way to 10 or 11 wins. What do you think? Yeah, so let's start with Chase Bryce. Needs to put everything together and become a super dependable and confident quarterback in 2022. There's a lot of ups and downs in his game. If he could get to that up, up, up level, though, helps this team in a tremendous way. If Kenny Pickett's it? Yeah, it does seem like yeah. it's what 16th year in college. Like, let's go, man. Like, I was so excited for him and this team last year, too. And if he could piece the puzzle together, you could be a dang good quarterback in a league that has some really good quarterbacks. Come on, Chase. Uh, I, I just it hurts thinking about last year's game against Miami, picking them to win that, get that upset, them falling short. And it was just poor miscues. There was some really bad play calling as well when they were getting in the red zone. It was brutal to watch. I I was torn for them. Uh, and our guy, Cam Peoples, who has been, you know, supporter of the Transfer Portal CFB, had him on for one of our first interviews when we launched last August. 
when he talks about not only Nate, though, when he talks about this team, does it with a giant smile on his face. When he talks about him and Nate Noel as a running back, one-two punch, dude is elated, and he is so proud of Nate Noel, too. Like, those two are inseparable. Uh, in his words, they are, like, the best mm. of friends. They are. They do That's everything cool. together. They play 2K, you know, Call of Duty, whatever it be. They're doing everything together. Uh, you know, kind of having fun jokes during the game can – tells us that he's often telling the well like dude you gotta get in the end zone man like i got i've got like seven more touchdowns on you please get in the end zone and and when cam missed time due to his injury missed two games he was he was noel's biggest cheerleader and he was hyped for him every time he's getting the end zone I'm like so proud of him and it's the way that they complement each other, though, because with uh, Peoples, you're getting a taller, bruising back that has really good speed, too. He'll tell you he's as fast as Noel is. Uh, he breaks all these tackles. He is a nightmare in the red zone. This is not somebody that you want to try and tackle when he is determined to get into the end zone. Heck of a player. Can't wait to see what he does this season. Can't wait to see what Nate Noel does absolute speedster uh super elusive game breaking like explosiveness agility both of them are nfl running back prospects in my opinion i would love to see them end up in, in the same nfl franchise then they would truly be inseparable but you know sorry enough about talking about arguably the best running back duo in the country i'm sorry i need like seven hour podcast for that i guess <laughs> Stellar offensive line play helps that up, and they have really good experience on that. As you mentioned, though, question marks are a receiver. They've got to replace their top three guys from last year. Two guys I'm looking to do that, Deshaun Davis, Christian Wells. Step up, break out. Cam was telling us that he's excited about their receiving play. They didn't give us any names. Maybe it's those two. Maybe it's not. Who knows? And then you go to the defense. It's always good. It's always stout. It's always dependable. At App State, they're going to be good again despite losing key pieces. You have Stephen Jones Jr. He's shown to be a force at cornerback. I believe he had two or three pick sixes last year. What on earth is that about? That's not something that happens much at all. Uh, Nick Hampton and his team leading 11 sacks returned to Boone as well. Uh, you look at the schedule, you begin with UNC. Both of us think that they could beat UNC. Yep. Uh, road trip to Texas A&M. That's one that you're going to have a lot of trouble winning, but just admire App State for taking these games so often, going to these you know historic programs, great venues. They're going to get a chance to play at Kyle Field. That's preparing them for anything that comes thrown their way in some play. This is yep. a game that sets them up for success down the road, win or loss. Great test for that O-line, too. Exactly. This is a game that you probably lose but you win with the experience and then uh the lessons learned and they get the bag app state <laughs> you're making money for that as well let's go um troy james madison the citadel at texas state georgia state robert morris old dominion at georgia southern i think those should all be wins sorry georgia state i just think app state's in another class um and then you have a very difficult two-game stretch that starts in November. You have road trips to Coastal on a Thursday night. Can't wait for that one. And then you have Marshall the following week. I, I do believe App State's had for 10 wins minimum in the regular season. I think they're that good. Uh, again, you have to figure out receiver. I trust Sean Clark and the staff, though. 
I love App State. I don't know. Maybe I'm an App State homer. Yeah. Who knows? It's a it's a great program. Just as sturdy as it can be at this level. Yeah, and they do. Uh, I will point out they have James Madison and Robert Morris, so they lead the country uh, with opponents that are names. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe they could call up Lamar as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's go over to their main competition here in the East, uh, Coastal. Uh, kind of the, the darlings of a uh, group of five football the last couple of years. Uh, just a fantastic team that's burst on the scene uh, in the Jamie Chadwell era uh, with mullets and uh, fun and his kind of uh, his spin, his version of an op- option attack. Uh, another year of, of offensive fireworks here at Myrtle Beach. Uh, you mentioned earlier at the top, the, the stud defensive end, Josiah Stewart. Uh, that guy's a monster. Uh, but they are replacing uh, a number of starters on defense. Uh, I think with them and App, it's going to be neck and neck all year. Uh, the question is, was last year the peak for Coastal? Uh, they lose just a, a ton of production. Uh, McCall is back uh, to McCall the shots, so that can definitely makes a transition easier. So uh, let's see. Is this last year for Jamie Chadwell? Is he off to the Power Five? I hope not. Keep building what you've got at Coastal. I, I like that a lot more than maybe going to the Power Five and, you know, being average there. But I love Jamie Chadwell. I believe in him a heck of a lot. I'm not I, I'm not on the Big 12 preview pod, but I think there might be a, uh, an opening in Morgantown. That's just my personal belief. There might be an opening in Morgantown. I, I agree Jamie Chadwell that. would fit in. Another guy that I would like to see stay in Group of Five play and build something, Neil Brown. He was building something dope at Troy. Yeah. I would love to yep. see him have kept doing that. Power five ain't for everybody. Uh, I mean, uh, respect, though. Get the money and everything. It's cool. Uh, it's just another challenge. Uh, to me personally, I love trying to build something at a smaller program. It's just not something that everybody wants to do consistently, though, and I understand that uh, Jamie Chadwell's a – a beast though. Like, I don't think you call coaches beasts, but that triple option concept that they've got cooking up is, I, I let me try. I can't even think of a word. It's, it, it's so dope. Uh, I've loved watching that. Grayson McCall has mastered it. He's without a doubt the best player in the conference. College football fans need to watch McCall closely this season. Appreciate his greatness. Cherish these moments because he's pretty much as good as gone after this year. The guy that claims himself that EP's deal is probably gone to the NFL. Uh, and no, that's not why Coastal plays on the field. Uh, Braden Bennett at running back. Again, very versatile piece. Lisa receiving back. Supreme talent as a runner. He's going to have a massive season. Um, at wide receiver, Jared Brown is someone I expect to take a big leap in his development. He had just one catch in 2021 and went for a five-yard touchdown. Expect a lot more from him, though. They snagged a receiver from Georgia State as well, Sam Pickney. He's pretty good. He's yeah. pretty good. Six-foot-four receiver. He crushed in 2020. He saw a regression on the stat sheet in 2021. It's a sneaky good add to Coastal offense that really is going to benefit from having this big receiver. They lost some really good receiving talent from last year, including highly and likely. It was highly likely they were gone. They were indeed. Um, Sam Pickney and, and Jared Brown, get your eyes on them for this upcoming season. Josiah Stark, excellent defensive lineman. Again, 13 sacks as true freshman. Wow. Come on, Earth. Yeah. Can't wait to see how he performs in 2022. 
clearly one of the better players in the Sun Belt already after a true freshman season. He's got an NFL future as well. Cornerback, DeJordan, strong, the guy to watch. And then I've got my eyes on another uh, – I've got my eyes on Drake Pickney. I've heard a lot of positive remarks on that young defensive back at safety. Uh, and then, you know, you look at the schedule and you should see wins over Army. Again, Army is everywhere. It's weird. Um, you see wins over Army, Gardner-Webb, and Buffalo the open year. I'll pencil in wins over Georgia Southern, Leo Monroe, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss as well. You go at Georgia State for a Thursday night game in late September. That ain't easy. That's one of those games that Georgia State's really going to try and make sure that they get. Uh, once again, honestly, uh, that's going to be an exciting game. I'm not going to decide the winner there yet. Uh, battles at Marshall, another one that I view as a toss-up. App State the following week on Thursday night. You, if you're not watching that, I don't think you're a college football fan. I'm sorry. It's a game that you have to watch. Super stoked uh, for that game. Not sure who's going to come away at the win. Uh, they closed the game. They closed the season with road games at UVA and JMU. Kind of a kind of weird. With that, the late season UVA game. Yeah. Uh, then you're going at JMU, little Virginia trip, I suppose. Uh, it's the JMU game is tough too because it's essentially James Madison Super Bowl, and it's November mm. 26th. It's their last home game of the season, I believe, the last game of their season. Yeah, it's guaranteed to be the last game of their season. It's their last home game of their inaugural FBS season. Like, that game is their postseason. It means everything to them. It's a lot of players' last games there. It's a memorable game, and Coastal gets the unfortunate draw of having to play in it. I, I, You know, who knows what JMU will be this season once again, but Coastal gets that unlucky draw, and that's not one that you want to overlook. Say they're already penciled in. Uh, their first place in their uh, division standings, and maybe they overlook JMU and they're looking forward to the conference championship. Blow that one. Who knows? Uh, I don't think that. I don't know. Uh, maybe come back to that in you know, November. Who knows? Uh, I do think that they win nine or ten games, though. I, I don't okay. know how the ball is going to bounce on some of these toss-ups. Dang good team. Tough draw in the scheduling department. Common theme here for a lot of these Sunbelt programs. And Outside of the home game versus App State, all their good conference opponents are on the road. Like, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, they do. They put the fun in fun belt, though. They do. They're they're electric. Yeah. yeah. We between, it's interesting between them and and uh, <clears throat> App State here at the top. You have this kind of one-two battle for the for the division. Uh, App, I would say, has the sturdier program and the history and the, the returning guys. But Coastal has the, the potential superstar quarterback, the superstar head coach, uh, although they're losing all the talent. So it's really kind of a, a, a study in contrast going into this season. So do you rely – do you, which do you choose to pick, the, the stud uh, superstar quarterback or the, the sturdy uh, program that just does it for decades? So uh, we'll see. Uh, and then the likely team that they'll be facing in the conference championship is Louisiana. Uh, the pretty clear favorites to make it again. I think it's been four in a row, 
title games. I think yeah, they've played in. So, before. so the conference, the Sunbelt Conference Championship started up in 2018. It has, aside from the 2020 pandemic, which was canceled, that Sunbelt Championship game was slated to be ULL and Coastal. Every other game has been App State ULL. Hmm. Okay. Um, so they've just been the bullies of this Western division. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a chance they take a step back, though. Uh, Billy Napier obviously gone to Florida. Uh, Mike DeZormo, uh, internal promotion, his defensive coordinator. Uh, Levi Lewis, you know, quarterback there for uh, about a decade, it feels like. He's gone. Uh, number A number of contributors have, have left. Some have graduated, some hit the portal. Uh, some went with Napier to Florida. Uh, I think these guys are still the class of the West. Uh, are they going to be challenged by anybody, or are they going to skate into uh, the title game again? Yeah, so – you might hate what I have to say here. I think they're the lone team in this conference that basically has a guaranteed spot in the Sunbelt Conference <laughs> Championship game. I just think that the I just I just think that, that they're that good. They're a step or two or three above the rest of the teams in their division, in my opinion. We're talking about running back once again. It's Chris Smith. He is That's that dude. I've been impressed with Smith every single time I've watched him play over the last few years. He finally got a heavy workload in 2021, was able to account for 855 rush yards and eight touchdowns, 153 carries. We know that ULL rotates the running backs a lot. We'll have to find out who's behind Chris Smith as Imani Bailey went to TCU and Montreal Johnson went to Florida. So going to be some new running backs, uh, you know, in that rotation, but Hey, they put out dudes. They put out they, they put out some really good running backs. My guy Elijah Mitchell, you might know him. Sixth round draft pick. Why on earth did he go that late? Who knows? Uh crushed it though in San Francisco for the Warriors. Anyway, whoever wins this quarterback, one job will have big shoes to fill. Levi Lewis, as he said, uh gone. He was an absolute dog for ULL though for the last five years. I roll with Chan uh, with Chandler Fields to be the guy that replaced him. Coaches fans have raved about him for over a year now. The other contenders to take that job, though, Maryland transfer Lance Legendre. So if I say it wrong, sorry, words are hard. And then Fresno State transfer Ben Woolridge. I think Fields gives the team the best shot uh, to play offense at their highest level. So he's my guy. I think he could have a really good year. Uh, defensive ends, Andre Jones and Zion Hill will wreak havoc on opposing offenses. The two redshirt seniors look to build on their nine and a half combined sacks in 2021. Opposing quarterbacks also need to be careful when targeting a receiver being covered by Eric Garor. He's been a standout on covers last two seasons, now the leader of the secondary. Uh, he's in the and, 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 and an older piece on the team is Brayden. Is Brandon Bishop. He's been at ULL for a while. He was once at Alabama, no ULL. The versatile Bishop missed 2020, played solid in 2021. He's going to be a key piece of the Cajuns defense in 2022. When I look at the schedule, I stray up seed wins against Southeastern Louisiana, Eastern Michigan, at Rice, at ULM, South Alabama, Arkansas State, at Southern Miss. Troy, they host Troy, so that's huge. Georgia Southern and at Texas State. Like, there's 10 should-be wins, I think. And then you have toss-ups that are at Marshall and at Florida State. The schedule's so, 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 so winnable for the Cajuns. I'd be shocked if they don't have a 10-win regular season. I think they maybe win 11 of them in the regular season. Um, I know it's, like, tough to do this for a team that's first-year head ball coach and Michael Desarmo, but 
I believe in him. I believe in the coaching staff. Uh, I expect big things from them. The the program's in absolute power. They're going to continue to show why no matter who's who's at the helm. I love Billy Napier. I'm going to love Michael Desarmo. They're going to they're going to be sick this year. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, I think that again they'll be very strong this year, 2022. But how uh, Desarmo is uh, going forward? Um, you know, is this a Larry Coker kind of situation? Take over and or Mark Helfrich, you know, take over and it's, it's cruise control year one, but uh, we'll see if the, if uh, he can continue to keep the program at the same heights that Napier had it. For sure. I can't wait to watch Cajun football. Again. <laughs> uh, okay. So that is the Sunbelt uh, by tears. Uh, also, let's do... We have one more Marshall. Oh, we missed Marshall. Yep. What tier were they in? Did I just scroll right past them? Possibly. Oh, my goodness. I scrolled right past them. Uh, we have Marshall, the thundering herd, thundering into the Sun Belt this year, uh, coming from Conference USA where they were. Uh, again, we talk about programs that have been, uh, you know, impact programs at the group of five level for, uh, for decades. Uh, you have Charles Huff here in year two. I think this is a fascinating program that could uh, make a surprise run. Uh, I don't – I think the East powers are a little too strong <laughs> – uh, you have Ali, the running back there, one of the best players in the conference. Uh, you have a lot of, of uh, Power 5 transfers coming in all up and down the roster. This might be one of the best pure rosters in the conference. Uh, what do you think? Are they going to uh, take down some of the big names? So I'll talk about one of their big games later on. Um, in a conference full of elite running backs, though, they boast the Eversell talented Rasheen Ali. That's nice to have. Break, broke out in 2021. He exploded for 1,400 rush yards, 23 Monster. rush touchdowns. Some belt fans are quickly going to fall in love with his, uh, you know, running game as well as receiving game. He had 45 catches last year. It's pretty, pretty good, eh? And he could carry that heavy workload. Really fun running back to watch. I look for six foot four receiver Corey Gamage. Uh, as well, he's been con- extremely consistent in three seasons at Marshall. Looking for him to continue that, find the end zone a bit more. I'd be shocked if Gamage didn't set a new career high in receiving touchdowns, and he only needs five to hit that mark. So let's go, man. Uh, my doubts, though, are at quarterback. It's Henry Columbia. Yeah. Like, I'm just not a Columbia dude. I'm sorry. Uh, he has never impressed me. In his collegiate career, well, he he was he's been wearing Utah State and Texas Tech threads for so long, putting Marshall threads on. Is he rambling and start impressing me? I don't know. Like this team, I think is going to have to run the ball a heck of a lot. Maybe there's quarterback change at some point in the year. Maybe I'm just completely underrating Columbia. I don't know. I could tell you right now. I'm looking forward to Chad Pennington's son Cole Pennington at quarterback in the oh. coming years. Yeah. Cole Pennington on the way. I'm excited to watch him in a few years. Did, did I hear you mention an Anthony Becker Jr. as well earlier? Uh, I don't know. Not for Marshall, for another team. I I'm, offi- I'm officially old. I don't know, but really excited to watch <laughs> Cole Pennington in the coming years. But, I, I mean, look, more, you know, Stefan Gilmore's brother, Steve, Stephen Gilmore. College football fans need to talk a lot more about that star cornerback. Tyrese Chambers of FIU, stud receiver there, told us Stephen Gilmore is one of the you know, toughest corners he's had to face in his career thus far. Uh, that That's super high praise. 
Charles Huff squad has one heck of a defense, man. Um, you look at Micah Abraham, he could flat out play at corner as well. 14 passes defend in 2021, along with an interception. Exquisite cornerback duo. They're turned the leader of the defense, Abraham Boplan. He racked up 110 tackles and 11 tackles for loss in 2021. Like, this is a team that's got the opportunity to be really good. And now all the pressure, literally all the pressure, all, all, all the pressure is on Henry Columbia to play very quality football. Can you do it, man? Can you do it? We'll see. Can he win big games? I think we'll see wins against Norfolk State at Bowling Green. I do think the win at Troy, Gardner-Webb at Georgia Southern. I, I do believe that they will battle Notre Dame in South Bend. I think that game ends up being a whole lot closer than anybody thinks. It's a team with good experience. They have, you know, Rasheen Ali at running back. They have two really good corners. They have a they have a good to great defense. Like, they could play. I think that's one that looks a lot closer. Maybe people will check their ESPN app, and they're like, why is Notre Dame only winning 13 to 9 against Marshall in the third quarter? telling you why right now am i not um the game versus ull on wednesday october the 12th is the one i uh, i lean on giving to marshall i think maybe that's the lone in-conference game that ull would drop uh the following week at jmu isn't one i could hand them though because then they get coastal the following week they've got a really weird sandwich there ull jmu Coastal, annoying. Yeah. Um, then you go to Old Dominion, and then the week after that, you're hosting App State. Again, this conference is giving teams really tough three or five game stretches. What can you do? Like, these are not good when they're good from a like quality standpoint. Like, yo, we get all these fun game swaps back, 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 back. It hurts though. It ends up hurting. They're, these are teams that might not cannibalizing themselves like peak pack 12 days. Who knows, man? <laughs> um, and then their season ends with a road trip to Georgia Southern and a home game versus Georgia State. The good thing, though, is that plenty of their tougher Sunbelt opponents are going to Marshall. Yes. They got a lot of good home games. ULL, Coastal, App State, Georgia State all have to come to you. If I'm in if, if I'm in West Virginia and I'm, like, interested in college football, maybe, you know, kind of like Marshall, not sure, whatever, well, make sure you get season tickets to Marshall football this year. This is an insane slate of home games. I'm very, je- I would be very jealous of what, you know, a season ticket holder could get. That was a really good bang for your buck there at Marshall. Uh, the thing is, I think anywhere from six wins to 10 wins is a reasonable wow. to expect. It's such a wide margin. It's Henry Columbia quarterback that also plays into that. Sorry if you're listening, Henry. Prove me wrong. Play better than you have in the past years. Who knows what to expect from, yeah. from Marshall. I, I really like Charles Huff, though. I really do. Yeah. I'd feel a lot better about them if they had Grant Wells back, but he is off to Virginia Tech and the Hokies. <laughs> I would too. I'd be so yep. high on this team. It's so unfortunate that that he chose to play ACC football instead of some football. football what jerk! <laughs> All right, we uh, what do you want to move on to next? Do you want to talk about our conference championship game prediction? Uh, let's do it. All right, who do you have 
squaring off in the Sun Belt Fun Belt title game? I am going to say it is the winner of the App Coastal game. Uh, no surprises there. I'm going to go with. I just. I just. I'm going to go with App. I'm going to take the sturdy program. Uh, not replacing as many impact players. Uh, that running game as you broke it down. I'm going to go with App over Troy in Ooh. the Sun Belt Conference Championship game. So it won't be App State you will out once again. For you, for me, this I'm going App State against the Raging Cajuns in the Conference Championship game. I'll I'll take App State to win it though. Um, I do think that the winner of the App State Marshall game on November 12th might be the team to end up playing in this game. Or who knows? Maybe it is Coastal. I don't know. It's a really good division. What do you want me to say? I think it's yeah. App State, though. You got dang good O-line, arguably the best running back duo in the country. You have Chase Bryce, who's looking to elevate his game, put it all together. Got to be extremely dependable in all situations. But if he clicks, it's it's scary hours for a lot of opposing defenses. Um, man, ULL obviously plays in that inferior division so i do just try up expect them to be here they're the most talented team in said division in my opinion i think it'd be a massive upset if they're not playing in this game uh again the conference championship game to the sunbelt wasn't introduced in 2018 ULL will be making it for a fifth time and all three times this game has been played previously, it's been between App State and ULL. Let's make it happen again. Why not? We can just keep doing no. this every year. It's kind of fun, isn't it? <laughs> Putting the fun in fun belt. For sure. Let's have some fun award predictions, starting with the coach of the year. Who do you have? Um, I, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Sean Clark there with App State. All right. I'm also with Sean Clark of App State for Coach of the Year. How about Player of the Year? Uh, I really wanted to pick Grayson McCall. Uh, I think the winning quarterback uh, of that App State game, App State Coastal game, I'm going to go with uh, Chase Price. I'll, I'll go with Grayson McCall. I think okay. he's the, I, I, look, we'll, we'll go into some hot takes after. I'll tell you why I think Grayson McCall's in for a big year. How about Offensive Player of the Year? Uh, Frank Gore. All right. Frank Gore Sr. would be proud of me for taking Cam Peoples (laughs) to win the Offensive Player of the Year. And how about your Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, Colton Marshall, linebacker in Troy. Mm -hmm. And going Antavius Lane, Georgia State gets some hardware for sure this season. Stellar safety. And now let's wrap it up with hot takes and bold predictions. What's your first one? I definitely did not prepare any hot takes or bowl predictions. I do not see that in my notes. Uh, but I've already delivered one of my hot takes, which is that South Alabama will be good and make a bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Troy is going to win the West. Um, definitely hot takes. So, so th- those are my hot takes. Right. Uh, I definitely did not write down any notes on those. I am so sorry. You're good. You're good. I'm going with pending health camp peoples and Nate Noel because we haven't talked about them enough. They both rushed for 1,100 yards or greater this season. I think both of them hit the 1.1K mark. They're dangerously close to both hitting 1K last season, but Cam Peoples missed two games due to injury. I didn't think it was a hot enough take if I said they both hit 1K, so I'll add the uh, uh, extra 100 yards. Yeah, The price is right. Go with the extra. (laughs) 
Uh, Marshall, they play a one-possession game at Notre Dame. Again, I think that's a game that shocks a lot of people. Maybe it shocks me and they lose by 46 or 49 or 50, 51, 52, 52, whatever, 100. I don't know. I think it's a one-possession game, though. And then uh, Grayson McCall, top 10 finisher in Heisman photo. Why not? Top 10 in Heisman. Is that – that's not that hot. He can do that. What? Top like, five. Give me top five. Come on, give me top, top five. No, I can't say top five. That's not top ten. He's like, like fortieth in odds or something. I think. I don't know. He's like plus ten thousand in odds though. Grayson McCall in New York. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know. Go top ten ice with Boeing though. I and maybe I'm tripping out. No, I, I, maybe it's more of a bold prediction than I'll take, but it's fine. I love it. Thank you. I uh, love your bold predictions, hot takes as well. And, you know, that does it for our Sunbelt Conference preview. I hope that we were able to help, you know, spread good knowledge of this conference, get, you know, get player recognition out there, help more casual fans learn more about this conference. It's going to be. If you're be... not watching this league this year, you're missing out. Yeah, you're not a real college football fan if you're not watching some of these games on Wednesday or Thursday night and you're choosing the NFL over a World Series game for Like, what are you doing? This cover is fun. It's electric. Yep. It's going to be insane. Can't wait to see how it unravels. Uh, appreciate you all for listening and or watching on YouTube. Again, please, if you're on YouTube, consider liking and subscribing and hope you enjoy all of our conference previews. There's a whole bunch of them, nearly every conference. So. We have a lot of content to uh, catch up on or look into. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening and watching. See you. Thank you.